0: Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast, episode two. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Garcia, and I'm joined with two of my esteemed colleagues, Evan Kunai. Yo. Chris Ritter. What a do. Uh, before we go any further, guys, uh, you can find any of our socials, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, all down below. Like, subscribe, follow us on this uh, pretty awesome magic journey. Uh, our topic today is going to be a, a good one. I think it's an ever-growing one. Is uh, our overarching topic is going to be stacks? I love it. Um, kind of how it pertains to the meta game, whether you're in casual, whether you're in competitive, you know what? Um, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of it, you know. So I think it's a, a good topic right now. Uh, before we go too deep, our little intro topic is going to be what. Do we think the most underrated stacks piece is? I'm going to
1: throw it over to Chris here because, oh, God, do I
0: love your choice. Chris, what is the most underrated stacks
1: piece in your in opinion? In my opinion, the most underrated stacks piece is the white creature, Kataki War's Wage. Mm. One white, one colorless, uh, during each player's upkeep. Let me, let me actually just read the card.
2: You know, it's funny how the two white pips would make it near unplayable, but the fact that it's only one white pip and a colorless makes it completely it's playable. Too, it's almost easy, too to easy to splash for if you need it.
1: Too easy to cast. Yeah. Yep. Please. So uh, two relevant uh, things here. It's a legendary creature. And it's also a spirit. Relevant tribe. Uh, and the card text is, All artifacts have, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this artifact unless you pay one. What an amazing stacks piece.
2: It's unreal every time i see it hit the battlefield i'm just like oh okay so my mana rocks are dead or they're dead
1: yep your mana rocks have to pay for themselves or they're off the board
2: yeah it's um absolutely insane like i said it it doesn't cost two white pips and this card is absolutely
0: backbreaking and i hate because like i said i'm a greedy ass player right so yeah uh your treasures can't pay for themselves. That's for sure. Oh god, it just hurts. It's,
1: Cancel I've that seen smothering tithe.
0: Artifact yeah, lands just mm-hmm. have to get sacrificed. Ugh, it's it's brutal. It's a legendary creature yeah. which just like lets you tutor for like you know Captain Sisay, a few different things. Search for glory. Search for glory. Shout out, great Mono White guard. If you're not playing it you're crazy i am
1: constantly trying to find ways to upgrade my deck with enough like legendaries or snow permanents to make it viable
0: yeah i feel like it doesn't take a lot like there are some shockingly good legendaries in these colors that you know even splashing white might make it worth it it's the best splash color it's a great i mean i think Mm -hmm. white is a great splash color and it's it's the best (sighs) splash color right now i agree big agree yeah I was, like, was going to say red, stats. but red is actually like firmly cemented itself as not a splash color anymore.
2: No, red is, uh, it can run solo, it can run uh, with something else, but it's always, cards are always running with red, red is not running with cards.
0: You know what's crazy is like in the, the Grixis Turbo thing, it feels like blue is fading more and more into the background.
2: Yeah, uh, right now I would say for me, I think white is the second strongest color in magic right now.
1: Oof. I'm going to agree with you. And no, I'm going to disagree. You're going to disagree. Hit him. I think white is the strongest color in Magic. <laughs>
2: hit him. Yeah, the combination yeah. of white and colorless
1: like In our pod, yeah. I've been playing mono white ah, and I've been doing pretty well. You have been so good to see. It's it. it's crazy
2: just to see like there aren't many times even when I was playing in mid or low or battle cruiser that I lost to a uh, Voltron deck, but I've lost to Too many a Voltron times. deck too many at times. a high power table before it's like it's yeah crazy. we're ever playing playing gas yeah we're playing gas and Catilda comes out of nowhere and just develops this value engine and just this like accumulating value that's one thing that people don't run enough of is removal for artifacts and enchant well not even artifacts people run that removal but removal for enchantments
0: enchantments have gone just for free like yes for they, so long oh, they oh it hits gone, the board just I,
1: skate free I guess it's sitting there for the rest of the game. Yeah, I
0: guess it just lives there. That Rhystic study's never going away. It's yeah. so
1: much to ask for an EDH player to run removal at all, let alone enchantment removal. Right. Oh,
0: I, I'm firmly of the camp of run at least 10 pieces of removal in your deck. It's literally
2: I, why my outlet for like going for a Sakama is amazing. Even if I can't get to that infinite loop, it's like he still has the ability to remove enchantments.
0: Talking about... Uh, God. Talking about mono white uh, and enchantment removal, Heliod's intervention. Can we just can we put it in every white deck, guys? Can we just have that access? It is so good. It is so flexible, and it is necessary for just the the insanity that is the the game today with the artifacts and the enchantments that just build up and just sit there all game.
1: You know, and it's at instant speed. Instant speed. It's, yeah, that's I the big I have thing.
0: cashed it for the the uh, gain that much life for double that X mm-hmm. life. I've cast I've done that more than once. Yes. It has kept me in a game. It has bought me another game. It's turn. relevant text. You're playing adnos. Yeah, you know, it's yeah like, if you're playing adnos, boom. Even if you're just getting like focused and you're getting beat out of the game, you're like, I I'm about to kind of get everything together, but I'm at twelve life, so it makes it really hairy. Just yeah, there like, are a lot of times when like you're playing
2: addnos or you're like in those colors and there's someone sitting across you playing stacks. And like that's why we sit here and it's like literally the light versus dark, you know, mm-hmm. whatever however you want to see it. It's like that is what's going on in the meta right now, like the meta game. It's like, yeah, more stacks and more,
0: versus Gas. Yeah, and because of that, more and more, uh, like, combat is becoming kind of back into focus, I would say, at yeah. least, you know, in more of a competitive sense. Obviously, you know, casual decks, you know, they'd be swinging creatures, nothing wrong with that. But like, that, we're definitely seeing because stacks is uh, becoming more prevalent that we're, we're absolutely seeing that people are just dying to commander damage again, like a a lot more regularly. Yes. It's kind of crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're just, they've been printed, they've been out there for a long time. There haven't been many stacks pieces printed like recently that uh, make many lists, but like, you know, Stony Silence is there.
1: It's like, you can really... That's not not even a recent card. That is Ravnica. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's old now so i well, this actually is uh, the topic we've always about. been there yeah sorry what would be uh, your most underrated stacks piece as you're <laughs> listing yeah. off stacks pieces <laughs> it's funny that i'm just like got to go
2: back to the old days to find like one of my most underrated stacks pieces and that's Titania's song like i love it because i played a stacks uh enchantress build with zakama at marchesa 2022 and <laughs> I presented win cons, I promise you. The deck was good. You tried to win. I did try to win, and I, I literally, in what, four out of the five games, I presented a win con. So uh, just the deck loses on the stack. All right. So, would
0: you like to read uh, Titania's Song? Because yeah. believe it or not, I don't think everybody knows this off the top. No,
2: of not everybody is going to know this one. It's kind of hard to find. And when I stumbled on it, my jaw hit the floor because all non-creature artifacts in play lose all of their usual abilities and become artifact creatures with toughness and power both equal to their casting costs if titania's song leaves play artifacts return to normal just before the untap phase of the next turn there's no other card in magic that has that text i looked for it i was like maybe they made a cycle of these enchantments so that like, you know, maybe I could get that ability off more than once per game.
0: Kills treasures, kills mana crypts, chrome moxes. Exactly. All the gas, like all those gas. I mean, and also just anything above that, it just turns it off. Like, yeah. Soul yeah. rings, arcane signets. Just turns it off. And so, so it's like, essentially another Karn.
2: I basically swapped this out, and I, you know, looking back, I don't think I had the structure around artifacts because I was playing Stony Silence and Collector Oof, but I took Smothering Tithe out of the deck. Makes in, sense. In place of this, because I was just. Can't I'm both. <laughs> I, I was just full assed into, like, shutting artifacts down because I knew that was going to be, like, the matchup. And guess what? Deck went ahead and won the whole freaking tournament it was a deck based around artifacts with magda so those treasures would mm-hmm. not have survived and like you get this out you mana crypt, like land mana crypt, and elvish like spirit guide into this and
0: that sounds like a christmas hand but it comes up like it, it, those... I mean, you play it down a ramp yeah yep. i will say that like magda is uniquely positioned to get yeah. around this card um so maybe not the best example oh i would have stood in the way um i promise you there's, but, there's
2: so many stacks
0: sure go ahead sorry no <laughs> You can you can believe that, and that is I will cool. believe
2: it till the day I die. Titania
0: song is a is a fun card, and it has uh, been pretty impactful in some of the games we have played. I will definitely. Yeah, say I've that. only. Th- I think I've only cast it twice. Well, uh, that brings uh, up my most underrated stacks piece, and that would be counterbalance. I think I don't know. Maybe in CDH, it's actually become like it's becoming a little more prevalent. Maybe it's a little memey in CDH, it's, but it's getting more respect. Um, it's, it's getting, getting more, respect. more respect. It's so good. I mean, maybe don't play this in like the most casual of tables. It depends on your meta, obviously. If you, if you want to be countering...
1: Jordan, what does the card do?
0: <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're, right, you're right. Counterbalance is a crazy card. Uh, when uh, somebody casts a spell, when one of your opponents casts a spell, you reveal the top card of your library, and if they have uh, matching converted mana costs, um, then you counter it. Uh, and it just happens every time. It's before Wizards started putting uh, once per turn on cards, so the fact that it happens every time is brutal. It essentially acts as a stacks piece after you reveal revealed the top card, then nobody will cast that, um, and then they'll cast something else, you know? Uh... Having a Sensei's top is just absolutely a terrible person move uh, and really, really cool. (laughs)
2: Even um, I would say like having a Ledger Shredder on on the battlefield at the same time as this is actually kind of backbreaking too because like the first spell you cast, you're going to reveal right and if it matches it's countered. but then you got to cast another spell and you're going to trigger the ledger shredder yeah. so now you've just moved the card
0: anything yeah anything that's manipulating the top that it gets worse and worse like uh, even having a studies, study so that now that you're countering it or not and then drawing a card and then now you're resetting it and having a new option uh, it's a very backbreaking card so I mean be- make sure you're playing it in the right format and the right meta uh, chat with your table about it but if you are highly recommend it very effective very cool Yes, uh, incredibly
2: powerful. There was, yeah, there have been some games where I see it and I, God, I wish I was playing blue that day because I would have, yeah, loved for that to happen to me.
1: Yeah. It, it makes me want to brew, I don't know if this is a card uh, that's on your guys' radar, probably not, because it's a spirit, uh, and that's why I know about it. Uh, Celestial Kirin, no. are you familiar with this card? Uh, I believe it's two white, two colorless, it's a spirit. Uh, whenever you cast a spirit or arcane spell, Destroy all permanents with the same CMC.
0: Whenever you play a spear or a cane spell, destroy all permanents. Wow, with that spell's converted. Did mana
2: this cost. get a recent reprint? Or it I think like it's on the
1: list. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and people
2: are pretty hot on it. OG like, at announcement because yeah. and, like and it's
1: legendary, CMC. right? Uh, it is a legendary creature. Right? Oh, that's a that's a commander on, right there. Oh I,
0: I want you to build okay. the five color tutor Sissé, but you just play mono white legendary creatures.
1: I I've thought about it. That would be so amazing. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I I thought about it for spirits because I just want to play Kyodai. And he has Mm -hmm. all five colors. Yes, five color spirits
0: and then just do white. Oh, God, dude. I love it. Okay. uh, Getting a little derailed, but that is a great card. Um, Sweet. Chris, you got one more card for me, don't you?
1: I do. Uh, Well, surprisingly, it's going to be another legendary spirit. (sighs) Let's go. Let's go is hokori dust drinker honestly
0: i did not realize it's legendary as well that's
1: wild also legendary uh has a secret layer printing as yeah. well That's. Really i've only cool.
2: seen like the original artwork played across from me maybe like one time and i mm-hmm. was just like oh that's a nasty card and then i saw like the secret layer printing and i was just like oh that's pretty cool yeah it's a pretty sweet card okay two white white like the artwork just brings it to life i think on this for, one
0: for two two They're lands re- don't untap during their controllers untap step at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps the land they control. This is Winter Orb, right?
1: Yeah, it's Winter, it's Winter Orb. Orb. Yeah. Yep, on a body. Except you can't tap it to turn it off. That's right. Mm. There are some pretty fun interactions, too, because it's a creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're playing in mono-white, uh, you have access to such great creature removal at instant speed. You can go a couple rounds of breaking your opponent's backs by, you know, cutting off their mana Mm -hmm. and then, you know, at your preceding opponent's end step, instant speed either, you know, kill it off because, you know, you, you've you done what you've had to do. Or there's a, another spirit, if for example you're playing Spirit tribal Rescuer Chingawa, that has flash when it enters the battlefield. You return target spirit to its owner's hand.
0: Nice. Bounce of stacks, piece back.
1: Yep. Bounce stacks, piece, untap, cast Okori at the end of your turn oh, after you've done what you need to do. Absolutely disgusting. It's a really good card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love that. You know, if you don't want to play Winter Orb and you have access to white mana and... It's just really good. Yeah. It's a good card. Yeah. For the
0: listeners at home, we're not terrible people. This episode is the Stacks episode. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it,
2: Stacks is all a matter of perspective, and uh, they can be played lightly. They can play be played uh, viciously. They can be played targeted and they can also be played statically yeah.
1: well also with stacks, too you yeah. don't have to learn to love it but you do have to learn to live with it you, you have do. to like you it's know be around. life is suffering yeah. you just have to <laughs> it is a part of know, the game it's part of the game
0: uh and then, yeah and i guess we'll. i have some stuff to say but i guess that's going to be more like main topic okay yeah. so evan you also have one more underrated stacks piece for me yeah
2: uh if you want to pull it up it is damping sphere it is a two mana artifact. So good. Yeah, it's it's insane. So if your opponents would have uh, land that taps for anything more than one mana. Just any, two you, or more. your lands too. Oh yeah, okay, so our lands too. Um, if a land is tapped for two or more mana, it produces a single colorless instead of any other type and amount. And then each player cast costs one more to cast for each other spell that player has cast this turn. And so it's literally just shuts down Storm. Yeah, so two for,
1: relevant abilities.
0: Yes. yes. And it's yeah. a Credibly two relevant. colorless drop. That's it. Two colorless artifact. And yeah, the second piece of just, no, you're not Stormy off. Even like, yeah. as a Crix player, i cast no four spells in a turn. like Because, you know, you're Jessica's will. Get the mana. Get the mana crock down. Get the tutor off. Like, that is absolutely impossible when each one costs one more and then two and then three and i then was four
2: yeah and i was looking at um st- i was looking at stacks pieces to put in like as an upgrade for enchantress builds because i'm like well you can play artifacts too like this doesn't have an activated ability so you can still play around oof and stuff like that and then i realized that uh, it also stops food chain completely puts yeah. food train food chain in its tracks like mm-hmm. it's it is um, much more flexible than I think we've like given it credit for. I know it's been around for a while now, from the original Dominaria.
0: And I mean, like everybody runs Ancient Tomb in their deck, pretty much. Yeah, like, you see it a lot. I mean, City of Traders pops up every now and then.
1: Nixos trying to Nick Nixos. Uh, Cabal. Guy's Cradle Cradles. Gaius Cradles yeah. Cabal coffers. Sarah, Sarah, yep. Sanctum. Sarah, Sanctum. Sarah Sanctum. Yep.
0: Some great cards that we see pretty regularly. We
2: see it aggressively abused at times because of how powerful they yeah, are. Yeah, like
0: decks are built around guy's cradle. Yes, like yeah. you know, mono black curric decks, tunnel, uh, cabal coffers. You know, like yeah, uh, like so this is like no, you're actually getting a single colorless man. It is now your worst land.
2: Yeah, like, like when I'm enjoy it when I'm playing and I'm like filtering lands. I'm actually searching for guy's cradle and Sarah Sanctum more than anything. Like mm-hmm. there are times like I'm playing creature based stacks too, and I'm actually using. Uh, a Sylvan Scrying to go search for a guy's cradle, so that I can just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy how you can actually put in cards surrounded around it, so you you know you're literally guaranteed to run into it, or you cre- increase your chances.
1: Well, I think we're all talking about stacking out uh, land right now yeah. because Jordan's card also. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Cards, the, uh, I should say.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's because, you know, the effects are fairly similar in what they do, and Evan and I have just been talking about the last couple of weeks is just how good slash how backbreaking back to basics is a, as a card and yes. how Blood Moon is as a card. If just, you've
2: watched the Frank and Sons championship game, which Jordan insisted that I do, and I'm so happy I did, you will watch one of the most perfectly played competitive commander games. Highly recommend. And... The, the moment that Back to Basics is played is absolutely devastating.
0: Mm-hmm. And just like this format and, you know, magic in general, it gets greedier and greedier and we get faster and faster. And that's why, you know, we're talking about stacks today because, it, because of that, it gets more relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of that is just, you cut basic lands for other cards, better cards. If you're, you you want to get more colors, because you want to have better access to more of the color pie, that means you need more dual lands, not necessarily OGs, but anything that taps for two. Um, and so I find, you know, like in my Grixis deck, I play one of each, uh, and that's more than, I would say 90% of CDH players, because I plan to run into these deck in these cards. So I want at least one basic.
2: Yeah, Are and if sh- even if you're playing against someone who has made the mistake of not building around red, and they've decided to splash red, a blood moon is still hurting them. Like most of the time, if red isn't their like primary focus, like they're sitting there starving for black or blue mana because yeah. uh, everything is like a duel.
0: Yeah, if you can pretty much, and it, like this is the same with all these stack pieces we're going to be talking about today, is if you can find a way to keep your game plan on its tracks while well, landing one of these pieces that you want to break parity you want to break parity <laughs> and i'm sure we'll have a i have a whole episode in planned for breaking parity and stuff like that but that is essentially you know a good stacks deck is breaking parity on yep. you know we're not trying to sit here for three hours you that's, know you, we want you to win the game and i think that's the conversation that needs to be had for like stacks being in a lot of games moving forward it's like let's win yeah. the game that's great but also let's not vilify the stacks player because you know Everybody's playing Jeweled Lotuses, and everybody's just kind of just vomiting out cards at a, such a high rate nowadays. Right. It's like, kind of need somebody to be like, yo, that's not cool. Let's, like, slow down a little bit. Let's slow
2: down the game a little bit. It's Let's good all play our one. decks. Yeah, yeah. You know? Also, the perspective, it's like the greediest cards, the most expensive card, or also the most expensive cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're looking at, like, the fastest mana bases out there, and they're incredibly expensive. You yeah. Know? And it's like, okay, I don't have the money to play like this at a legal level or, like, at a legal tournament level. And so... I am playing a $5 Stony Silence that is going to shut off the game. Yeah, play. And I'm going to build a strategy around that. 100%. To t- like to take it to the top. And so it's almost a, I'm not saying it's a class war, but it is like almost like saying I am playing budget magic. Or because, It's difficult you know. at
0: these tournaments that we're looking at where they don't allow any proxies. Like right. Well, yeah. Some of them have been cool. Like some of the Eminence uh, or the Monarch ones have been doing some really cool, uh, you know, Working with the shops, getting some proxies printed off for like some of the reserve list cards, but yeah, it's not in every every shop.
2: Yeah, those proxies are something that wouldn't be mistakable for what the card is. You will know it when you see it, hundred yeah. percent. But it is n- definitely not trying to be a magic card either. So, yeah. like, it's nice that they are doing those though. Yeah, yeah, they do provide those, and they're they're doing them right. That's uh I do love
0: those. Yeah, I think that's just how pretty much all of the the format should be run moving forward, if at all possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we like we were talking, you know, maybe competitive decks like uh, Niv-Mizzet you could do a full mana base two colors I have no problem running split basics on two colors and like a command tower you know like it works pretty much all the time
1: I mean you're going to run what eight fetches in there already, right? Exactly. So, so
0: you're just curating whatever you need at the time. So, why not just run all basics? And so, we were talking about a pretty budget focused Niv Mizzet deck that could compete because Curiosity's cheap. This is the uh-huh. Niv Mizzet Peru, and obviously, that campus of Curiosity. Curiosity's cheap, Tandem Lookout's cheap. Uh, and then you play a Black to Basics Blood Moon, both cheap cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Backbreaking strategy with a one-card win condition in your command zone yeah. uh, with also also Niv is just an insane mid-range engine. Yeah, when uh, you're playing two colors,
2: like red, blue, ex- like exclusively, like these should be in there. Like yeah. there's no reason for you to like be running every Fine possible hunt. fetch land or every possible you know, like multicolored
0: like, land. Yeah, I've been play, there. It just Play your basics. Like I think it really starts to matter in three colors. And obviously look at your pips. It yes, does, Niv yeah. Mizzet is three blue, three red. That is hard. But you How the, prevalent is treasures in red nowadays. Well, like, yeah, you can get there, right? And you're gonna have the artifacts to fix. You're not gonna
2: play. 100%. You're not gonna play your stacks to a non bow Like I, I do sometimes, but it's like you're not going to like intentionally do that to right. yourself.
0: And yeah, having artifacts is a great way of kind of getting around the back to basics blood moon. Even if, like, say you play a blood moon and you're shutting off some of your lands and not all of them. Yeah. You know, like you now have the uh, artifacts to compensate. You no, know, wouldn't that be funny if that's how you
2: color fix yourself to get Niv out? Is like you play, <laughs> you, you have a colorless land, you have a
1: colorless land. Build the deck, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> I challenge you to build yeah. the deck. <laughs> He's uh, like, if you are the player that you claim to be, uh, <laughs> right. who looks for undervalued strategies, there it you will is. build that deck. I, mean, yeah. I
0: don't know if Niv is undervalued,
1: but no, that, playing, that like, angle, this, this angle, yeah, yeah you, you show up to sanitarium. a
0: tournament.
2: Yeah, you play Guy Rage Sanitarium so you can like get the card draw and protect from mm-hmm. Thassa's Oracle wins. You are like, but, yeah, and, uh, and then Cephalic Coliseum too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you are gonna play uh, Blood Moon, and you are like, oh, this is actually color fixing me into like more red
0: pips. I can play more <laughs> red cards. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's okay, let's get into the kind of the main discussion. That was some some uh, good cards. Uh, yeah, we're kind of talking about today stacks and like I, we've already touched on a little bit. It's just mm-hmm. how it pertains to the, the game nowadays, like with how fast everything's getting in multiple formats. It's just it kind of seems like some call it an evil. So it's a necessary evil, but I don't yeah. even look at it like that. I think it is. I would uh, an equalizer. I, I'm the greedy player at the table and I'm saying I'm the one saying that we should have a stacks player at the table yeah I think I th- when you got a taste of stacks you loved it
2: like you, you well, saw yeah. you saw why it was great yeah,
0: yeah oh it's amazing yeah I, I think my dream pod is two mid-range decks, one turbo deck, one stacks deck for like peak interaction. It yeah. you
1: you does actually sound like good mix,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, like because the mid range decks can still interact, slow down the turbo deck. Um, if like you land a turn to turn two, Stony Silence, turn one Stony Silence, that turbo deck's gonna you know be set back a few turns, yeah. giving you know the mid range, the combat damage kind of concepts a little, a little more leverage. Even it, Rule
2: of Law makes it seem like it's more uh,
0: shootout than anything. Yeah, it's I mean like, Rule of Law, I think, has become king, king of the world in stacks. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it.
1: I in my stack stack I don't play rule of law itself. I play rule of, rule of Laurel. Law effects. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like, um, I mean, there's one on a spirit. Is there not? Yeah, there's one stable to a spirit. There's actually a couple staple to spirits. The whole um, concept
0: is you can only cast one spell.
1: Yeah, each. and and also the better version of that that you want to land as soon as you can is deafening silence.
0: Deafening silence, especially in like you know your situation, you're like largely a creature deck. If you are, oh my god, is it amazing? A turn one deafening silence, yep. you're just like creature, 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 creature. Like mm-hmm. you can just constantly keep developing this board. Well, the decks that. Can't do that. Are just
1: well, you're 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 trying to break parity. You're breaking. There you parody. go. It's and, great, and the other version of that you can do uh, Ether-Sworn Canonist. Yep, which for is for uh, a human, human
0: believe, and right? an artifact creature. Yeah. It, yep. it just it gives you so many relevant card typings for two mana yeah. with a great effect.
2: Highly recommend You know, it's not even true when you say that humans are underrated, but it doesn't seem like people are playing them enough. It's like, Play more humans, honestly. Yeah, play more humans. Human strategy
1: Viable in every format. Viable, viable. every format.
0: I've seen to pop up in the 99 more and more, which yeah. is just crazy.
1: Every <laughs> format, every color combination, even. Literally, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And I like you're saying when just Consider
2: pops humans. up in the 99, like uh, like in your jet mirror list, it's just like yeah. I'm excited to play against it because like I want to see that Winoda come out and just be the value engine that it was designed to be yeah you know when i mean
0: speaking about speaking of like breaking parity on stacks winota yes. is number one it dances around it uh and it puts more stacks pieces on the it field It develops i mean yeah the deck yeah. is the main deck is called winota snowball stacks because it just you yep. let one happen and it's just too late
2: yep and then it's just uh okay. i mean they're all indestructible and swinging at you too so yep. it's like any hope of like catching that creature attacking or blocking or whatever you know you're not going to get that yeah
0: um and watching the deck refined since being refined since uh kind of the initial it's it's a mean
1: deck it's placing what is the game plan just um so yeah
0: so winota is a four drop two red and a white um and so you need to swing with non-human creatures to trigger her attack ability so that you can reveal the top six grab the human creature put it on the battlefield tapped attacking indestructible right a very low bar to achieve very low bar to achieve turns out uh, so Winota pretty much tries to play a bunch of creatures before she lands, so that when she does land, you are already swinging and getting that value, right? You don't really ever want to like have to wait to untap. Yeah, Signal Pest is a great card. Signal Pest is crazy, and then you know, rograk is actually I've seen a lot in the deck. You know, mm-hmm. Memnite, Ornithopter, some, some of that stuff. Um, you don't want to play a ton of those because your card quality starts dropping a little bit, but a few of those and some really good like one drop, two drops, and otherwise it's pretty much landing hate bears. So it's just kind of this nice refinement between hitting hate bears that can then swing to get you tons of card advantage because it triggers for each one. So if you have three, you just are now looking at the top 18 cards, grabbing three cards onto the battlefield if you hit each one. Yeah, Um,
2: and the important typing being those stacks pieces and those hate bears are humans. yeah.
0: Yeah well yeah not necessarily the hate bears because you want to swing with non-human creatures but yeah right but that's what you're getting off the winota triggers yeah exactly yeah. ideally you want to be like landing it's essentially once the trigger's resolving it's essentially uncounterable right it is uncounterable like, you can't interact so if you grab a stacks piece from that trigger that then shuts somebody down, they're, they're always going to be like, oh wait, and you just you don't get an opportunity. Yeah.
2: Do you remember the game we lost to the Hermit Druid? Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, so we lost to turn to Hermit Druid, and I was sitting on a Containment Priest, but the Winota player sitting to the left of me, like in next and turn order, they had set up a rule of law and I had set up a Deafening Silence. And so I thought was we like, were good. I was like, yeah, we're good. I have another go around because Winota is going to get their attack trigger next turn and I was holding a containment priest. Right. And that's when I was holding it for because that hits the battlefield. It gets completely wipes Winota and then it also completely wipes the dude trying to Hermit Druid for the Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, it I won. mean, it was, it
0: was a good play. He just yeah. won the turn before with, yeah. by Neoforming out the Thoracle. Unbelievable. And responding to the trigger with the Hermit Druid activation so yeah. you didn't get an interaction point. Yeah, yeah great. exactly. Was that was like the... the the line, Learned line so. something that day it was the fastest tournament game we've ever played yeah it was about 45 seconds <laughs> um anyway yeah so uh chris you're you're pretty much i would say an avid stacks player would you say would you uh
1: i mean I, sure
0: what's what's I'll, your I'll approach take- when you're when you're building a deck like it like you're usually putting some form of control. Something you know what? To play yeah. Fair magic.
1: Exactly. I want to play fair magic. I want to slow down the game. So stacks is not to me uh, the point of the deck right. ever. It's you it's, have a game plan. Yeah, I have a game plan. My game plan is not a combo. You know, mm-hmm. and so it needs time to set up. Right. Um, or stacks I need, or, or I'm looking to, to generate incremental value mm-hmm. in order to set up that win con. Um, And stacks is the way to do that. And so, like, you know, we've mentioned this deck before. Uh, My main deck right now is uh, Katilda Dawnheart Mentor. Uh, Two white, one colorless. And she is a spirit. Uh, Flying, lifelink, protection from vampires. Katilda Dawnheart Mentor's power and toughness are each equal to the number of of permanents you control that are spirits and or enchantments. So, It
0: gets out of control so fast, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah,
1: it, it, it really does. And so what this deck wants to do is there's a bunch of spirits with stacks effects stapled to their bodies. Uh, so, uh, for example, Kataki War's Wage, which we talked about earlier. Fantastic. Uh, you have Hakuri Dust Drinker, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth, which uh, each player mm-hmm. can't draw oh. more than one card each turn. It really makes it hard to find answers to the stacks player. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Yeah. And once that value starts accruing
2: and like those creatures are buffing Katilda, that's why we're losing to this Voltron strategy is because those pieces that are stopping us from playing the game or interacting or whatever, which is totally fair game. It's like, we're losing because we can't answer it. Yeah. Yeah. You literally snuff us out. Like, and it's, it's a beautiful thing when it happens.
0: Yeah, I think actually exactly what you said, where it's not your game plan, uh, is exactly like why the deck works so well. It's because like we have to use our interaction to deal with the stacks pieces that are shutting off our game plans, rather than stopping your game plan. Whereas if stacks was your game plan, then it'd be pretty easy to pull the legs out from under you. We're like. Yeah, I might remove two of your spirits, and Katilda goes down two power, but you're still hitting me for seven seven in the air indestructible.
1: Yeah, like, Minimum seven. Like, minimum. Like, right, yeah, very, we're... Uh, and I'm still uh, stacked when, out. Like, yep. it's, it's, you,
0: it's more than those two targets. Yeah, this deck target.
1: doesn't even want to cast my commander. It's a Voltron deck to win. Yes, like that's the strategy to win. It yeah. doesn't even want to cast my commander to like turn fifteen, which is a sometimes. great thing for yeah. like yeah. a stack
0: or for like a, a Voltron commander. Because the worst thing when you're relying on that so heavily is just it gets remo- removed a few times and you have you know you have to pay four extra on it. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, that's not really going to happen anymore. Yeah, there's been a few games where like
2: you being more patient and waiting for like to like just building your stacks like Empire mm-hmm. there and then waiting to play Catilda has literally just won you the game. Yeah, uh,
1: there, there's games that I win because I'm sitting behind ghostly prison yes. or windborne or Sphere of Resistance or some combination of those so I'm just out of combat because it costs you 10 per creature or whatever, something yeah. ridiculous like that. Um, uh, for me, that's the way... I mean, build stacks however you want it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is, for me, a way that I think is fun for me to play stacks. Still being interactive on the board, not mm-hmm. just slowing down the game for the sake of slowing it down. And you do have good removal,
0: like you interact every. Oh really key yes.
1: yeah, yeah. I, I I love instant speed removal mm-hmm. and those it's
2: enchantment enchantment based removal like enchantment uh, based removal perfect uh, exiling oh, until it leaves a battlefield like on or thin, thin ice. ice. You
1: know, there's a great card on thin ice. Mm. Yeah. One white Comes up all the time. Yeah, uh, enchant snow land you control which is sometimes relevant, that you're enchanting the land and you control the land. Yes. Uh, I think there was a game that we played a couple weeks ago where I knocked you out of the game, Evan, and it had been enchanting your commander... Uh, or a, a combo piece or something yeah, like that yeah. and I needed that one extra power and I was like shoot I knocked Evan out it's going to knock down Catilda's oh power God. but no it's still on the battlefield because it's enchanting a land yes. that I control to exile a creature oh, and a that's nice controls. it doesn't matter yeah, cool. yeah
2: it, it doesn't hold on to that thing very you unique know, like, interaction not a lot of cards do that yeah it just fizzles away in exile yeah
1: i I think there's another one in white i think chain to the rocks Mm. does the same thing but it's enchant Mountain you control well there was
2: um there was a spirit you just put in the deck like just a few weeks ago that's like when it uh you know when you can tap a creature on every go around it has delirium right is that it what it is
1: uh uh
2: the tappy guy
1: hmm hmm Oh, Topplegeist. Yes, Topplegeist. Oh, Topplegeist. Uh, one area. white, one one flying. When Topplegeist enters the battlefield, tap target creature an opponent controls. Delirium at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep. If there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, tap target creature that player controls. Yeah. 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 At the beginning of that, each upkeep. Yeah. Each yep. upkeep. It turns yep. in. Wow. It goes
2: from like an ETB effect into. Wow. No, this is going to happen on each upkeep. Yeah. And it's
0: relevant.
1: Yeah, it's relevant. So it comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a spirit.
0: Yeah. It's a spirit, it's a stacks piece. It does both. And it I does everything. Say, I will say like uh the value of white and like life gain and stuff, life becomes way more critical when you're playing stacks. Yes. Like having a little life gain, just like even incidental, like, oh my goodness, does it help? Mm-hmm. Because it comes down to combat a lot of the time. Like it really does come down to these kind of like last ditch swings. A lot of people are throwing their haymakers and
2: if they're missing and they're not winning the game off of like, you know, doubling down then the stacks player is going to remain and have the highest life total because they've been sitting there the whole game punching you while you try to get greedy and go for the win
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh no i i really think that's pretty yeah. accurate
2: like hit the person playing black because it's like they're using their life
0: as a life or like life yeah the ad nause the yeah. microphones, whatever yeah and you are just meanwhile you're just gaining life punching people yeah getting there yep I think that's it's what I love st- about stacks the most, I would say, is just like they, it makes everything viable. Everything becomes a high power option if you want it to be like, yes, your yeah. strategy can be a high power strategy if you play stacks.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a stacks is a shell that can, you know, just lift up any strategy you want to play. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. Like this uh, like,
0: yes. like blood moon in a, in a mono red deck like does work. It's like yes. mono red prison, mono red prison, exactly right. Like you know, you play the Dreddy deck, you know, something like that, and it's just Bloodman just wins you the game half the time.
2: Yeah, and so like like Chris said, it's a way to like prop up strategies that are rather unconventional. It's why mm-hmm. I love stacks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, I talk about like stacks being like uh, smaller pieces and decks or whatever. But once you start going to foils and stacks, you really got to prove you love them because they're expensive cards.
1: Yeah, so a lot like, of them are yeah. like older too, and from like the yes. early days when they you know.
2: Yeah. And so I literally I love the way that like stacks can prop up strategies and because they exist in every color. So like you can do it anywhere. There's a lot of stacked pieces in colorless, too. So like uh, Winter Orb,
1: Oh, yeah. Becomes Damping Sphere.
2: Yeah. 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 Damping Sphere. You know, it's just like there's stuff that exists out there that's going to be sitting on the battlefield like I love. Like alter the brood. It's not much of a stacks piece, but it is a value engine when I'm playing Zerus.
0: It feels stacksy sometimes when you're milling my deck and I don't have recursion.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah relieving you of your answers. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that can be
0: like a form of stacks. Yeah, even. I, think, I think there's like a lot of different perspectives, um, different things that can be considered stacks. Like I think uh, Wandering Ar- Archaic, Wandering Archaic is a great stacks piece.
1: Definitely has a home in stacks. Yeah. Yes, and colorless, like yep. how awesome any deck can be. Yep. I mean, that's
2: why I loved it so much at release. I looked at it and I was like, this goes in every deck.
1: Wandering Archaic, by the way, is a creature from Strixhaven. I think it costs five colorless. Yep. Yeah, it's th- a avatar creature type. When an opponent casts an instant spor- sorcery spell, you may, unless they pay two colorless mana, you may copy it, choosing yeah. new targets.
0: Yeah, so it's pretty brutal. It helps you, like, do some crazy stuff in stacks Wars if... Somebody uses a removal piece against you, then you get an automatic one. If someone uses a removal piece not against you, then you still get another one. You can even send out the person who used the removal. It's Listen,
1: gonna... anytime your opponent has to spend mana to keep you from doing something, yeah. such as always Mystic study, yep. smothering, smothering tithe. tithe, it's a good card.
0: Smothering tithe also a great stacks piece. I know people are like it's ramp, it's a value engine, it's a stacks piece. It's a very good stack. Yes, piece. it is. It says if you don't pay two when you draw a card, your opponent wins
2: the game yeah uh, you're giving them mana to answer you potentially like they tapped out and they're just you are not paying for that too so they get a treasure and potentially that one mana is going to make all the difference when they shut you down just because it is
1: it is so impossible to pay for it every single time it is
0: especially when you need answers you, you need to draw cards right like that's pretty much i mean it comes down to uh,
1: And I think it also, it's a card that, like, puts its foot on your neck. It really It it really makes you make tougher decisions. And so you make worse decisions Mm -hmm. because you're under pressure.
0: Yeah. And then that's the, you know, the other part of, like, a four-player game and that, like, disparity is just, yeah, you might be able to take the turn off and kind of sit and develop on a resource that you've already laid out. But if another player that you pass to doesn't have that same luxury and they feel like they need to develop and so they brainstorm, because yeah. they need to get some options well you're like well now i took the turn off and you just got advantage and he just got ridiculous advantage he's got three cards so, or he's got three treasures yeah so now you just feel like you're by being the right player you feel like you are down below two other players yeah and, you know that is just the the four player conversation you know yeah.
1: yeah a lot of stacks uh at least the way i play it is letting you guys make bad decisions because you're mm-hmm being put in a bad position yep. with without good options. Yeah. And I don't have to choose, I don't have to do anything, I just have to let you choose among You know, your not good options. Yeah. And I benefit from that in any way without expending any of my resources. Yeah,
2: Katilda oftentimes becomes the primary target because it's what's killing you. And mm-hmm. it's not the target, like it's, it's everything around it that's like propping it up is like What you should be removing, but you're forced to remove Katilda because you have no other choice. It's going to kill you if you don't. Yeah. And like
0: we in our games, we only have so much removal. We do run removal, but there's so many things to be removed in a single game of Commander. It's just like the last thing I want to do is use like my hyper efficient removal spell on a Katilda. Yeah. There have been other channels. There
2: have been other channels talking about like how much widespread removal should you play in your decks and how much targeted removal should you play in your decks. And it's more and more. As the game grows faster, it seems like you need more widespread removal than you ever thought you needed before.
1: You know, it's great for that. Speaking of uh, mono white, mono white, (laughs) a lot of uh, exile target permanent, destroy target permanent. Yeah. Does not care if it's a creature, artifact, enchantment. White has gotten so much better.
0: It's got value engines. It's got hyper efficient removal. Because
2: Uh, you're slowing the game down so much, you can actually like play those one-sided board wipes in white that like Winds of Abandon is an underrated card. Settle the wreckage. Yeah, exactly. Settle the wreckage. Winds of Abandon is insane. All these things, breaking parity. Yeah, breaking parity. So you're sitting there long enough and then they're having trouble like gaining any sort of value and it's just like one-sided wipe, goodbye. Yeah, like, like, lock it in. But
0: with the stacks piece is still there. So it's like now you have to regain with all the pressure that you already had with less resources because you just played out your hand. Yeah, just kiss your butt
2: goodbye because you're not coming back from that.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, but you still beat someone in the face until they're dead so you have that that you have the out you know it's not make your players miserable and then we just sit there until the game is eventually over
2: the ideal situation is you're not forcing people into a two and a half hour slug fest where you know no one can win because
1: you you've played yeah, stacks yeah. so heavily. If you're going to play stacks, at least have, like, the courage to end games quickly. Yes. Yeah, once, you have to once have you strategy, yes. like yeah. you
0: said. Like, it is not your f- main focus. Yeah, It's making your main focus work.
1: Well, I, I feel like we've talked a lot about my Katilda Stacks deck. You yeah. also have a Katilda Stacks deck.
0: That's true. Um, actually, recently upgraded to a Jetmir Stacks deck. But, uh, yes, I'm running both lists right now. Um, it's... Pretty funny that we're both running two Katilda stack stacks. Decks. Uh, it is a human's deck. Speaking of humans and how good they are,
1: you're running the different a different Catilda. What do you the- mean? I'm running Catilda Donhart. Yeah, Enter- and I'm
0: running Catilda uh, Donhart Prime. Yeah, I hope yeah, that's yeah, that's the, right. I think so. I, yeah, I, who knows? <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. fact check me in the comments below. Yeah, I don't care to look it up. Um, yeah, so she's the one. She's a human shaman. I want to say, and she lets you yeah. tap uh, humans for the colors they are. No, I'd like tap for any color. No, it's, they have to tap for the colors that the human is. Oh, I think it's tap for one of
1: any color. Look yeah. it up! If only there was a way we could figure this out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so anyway, you get to tap your, your humans become manadorks. Yeah. Uh, and so the kind of hold con and then, sorry, the other ability she has is you can pay four green, white and tap Katilda and you get to put a plus one plus one counter on everything. Right. A very, very efficiently costed, uh, <laughs> uh, value piece.
1: It's the creature's colors. Oh
0: no! Sorry. I wonder if the the person who plays the deck oh, would know something like that. Oh, maybe. Oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's what you get. I'm glad That's that I get. get to eat crow on that. I love that button. <laughs> I was right though. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much the game plan was, uh, as much as you're not playing Rule of Law, that deck's whole goal was set up Rule of Law because. Catilda uh, is tapping everything, and everything's tapping, right? So I was like, all right, Drum Bellower just came out, and that untaps my creatures. Seaborn Muse does the same thing, but on everything. So at the worst case scenario, I can each turn, a counter on everything. If I can get to six mana with my creatures, right? That's kind of the general concept is you guys, we're all casting one spell every turn. Mm -hmm. I'm just also beefing up some creatures in the process. Or if I have an instant, then I'm just using that mana there and I'm casting you know, maybe two spells of rotation now and kind of trying to bake parity there just by the sheer amount of mana I'm generating. Yeah. But it's not getting wasted because of Catilda's activated ability. So essentially what it comes down to is a human stacks beat down deck. Um, instead of like Voltroning up a commander and just trying to make like one guy super, super beefy, it's obviously putting plus one, plus two counters on all my creatures and then trying to get maybe an overrun effect because it's so easy to make human tokens, which then tap for mana until you're ready to kill somebody. Um, you know, then you get like the Elish Norns or, uh, I love me a good code of arms. Code of arms is like low key, like top five for me. Like I never see it come up, but oh my God, when I play it, it just, it wins the game. It just, yeah like no Najila decks play it and i just don't get it because half the time if you get stopped from your win you have nine warriors there,
2: yeah there aren't <laughs> many decks at a high level that are playing tribal strategies you know and there just happens to be one at the highest level that i don't know in, it's funny indirectly plays into tribal strategies creates a lot of warriors
0: it's easier to cast an adnos yeah <laughs>
2: i don't know if it's better than i mean that. professional facebreaker is a uh, human warrior too so it's like yeah it's pretty great if I you're mean. playing Nagila and you wanna like play code of arms. It's it's
0: turns out five nasty.
2: color humans is good.
0: Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. So uh, the goal was I upgraded it to a uh a jetmere list, but still playing all the human strategies and that allowed me to one put in some other better cards, uh, and then I put in some non-human. I'm starting to find that I like. I really do like some key stacks pieces, some key hate pairs that are not humans, and I'm making mm-hmm. that concession. Like Archon of Valor's Reach is just goaded.
2: Yeah. Ultimately, you're trying to like thread thread a needle yeah. by playing stacks.
0: Yeah. And so now that I'm uh, splashing red with Jetmir, it is still mostly a green white deck. I'm yeah. playing Winota and trying to do this Winota package. So I inherently oh. need to have this now this balance in the deck of which I now have to figure out is having enough non-human creatures in my historically very human heavy creature deck. Um, but it's like we we're saying, it's just a great engine for breaking parody on. And the issue I was having with the Katilda deck is that it had a hard time closing the game. It usually demonstrated a value engine pretty quickly mm-hmm. because you know you land an Adeline and people don't respect it for a turn. And then all of a sudden you ran- land your two mana commander. And then tap everything for four mana, cast something else, and you're just off to the races. Yeah. You throw a lightning Greaves in there and now you're, you know, tapping everything that's coming in for an additional mana. It's just crazy. Uh, so once you demonstrate that, people are you know, you know fearful of that. They really want to start interacting. They really start wanna f- poking their fingers in after that. So I don't really get much further than that. Um well, the way, so, the way
2: that you have your mana base build, it gets off the ground so quickly. Immediately, and so like, yeah. And any removal that you might have in your opening hand, like you see someone getting off the ground quickly, you want to kick the legs out. And so that's another weakness of the deck is it gets off, like... So quickly, the, the, that you're the first target when yeah, we're all yes. moves. The, yeah, exactly. the deck yeah.
0: performs literally every single time, essentially. Yes, it does. Uh,
2: so when your commander hits the board, and like all of your humans, like the beginning humans, are usually mana dorks or like something, so they get I mean, out really. like
0: Hopeful Initiate is just such a stupid card. Yeah. Hopeful Initiate it was the card that ruined your day with Katilda because it's the one drop human with training that you can remove two counters, pay two which, by the way, easy to generate when I'm untapping everything with Seedborn, and just destroy an artifact or jam it. It's just Mm -hmm. a brutal card.
2: Um, Because when they printed it, it sounds like a pretty far stretch like you got to like do something to get there but the yeah. cards rising in value because it doesn't seem to be proving that it's that hard yeah to get
0: to two plus one plus one counters just and to remove it's something. just like there's so much incidental plus one plus one counters yeah. like Katilda.
1: white will just throw uh, white and green Bright will and, both throw plus one plus yes. one counters exactly like yeah.
0: i love me uh what is that landfall enchantment uh
1: oh felidar retreat felidar retreat such a goat card hey speaking yeah. of cats i just see i looked up jet Mirror. It's a cat demon. It's yeah. a cat demon. So you How cool to... is that? It's
0: pretty yeah. sick, and yeah. I will
1: be buying the Gilded Foil, you oh, bet course. your ass. Oh, that's a that's a great-looking art on that card. Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. super
0: cool. So uh, anyway, my long story short, I that was my the shortcoming with the deck because the deck always performed, but it was also a little too scary, so yeah. I got beat down. So I, one, leaned into stacks a little bit, and then now I find that building Jet Mirror, I get more value engines in the deck, so I'm not just like, once I'm blown out, I'm just jazz hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I now get more value engines, and also Jet is just an excellent overrun effect. Like, giving everything um, on his first ability, when you have three creatures proccing, uh, you get plus one, plus O, oh, and everything has Vigilance, which is pretty awesome when you're tapping all your creatures for mana. Yes. right? You get to swing and then do that. Um, and then when you have four or more creatures, you get plus two, plus O oh as a total, and everything has Trample, yeah. And then the third one is double strike. I want to say yes, plus and, three. And yep. You need to have how many creatures? Nine creatures. Nine. Nine, yeah. nine yep. creatures. Which in Katilda,
1: you're dropping dorks every literally turn. never yeah. an issue.
2: Well, there were so many times like tokens everywhere. I, yeah, when I when we went to the pre-release for New Capena, like I got the Naya box, like the Jetmere box. I got a Jet Mirror. and let me tell you, dude, I got to nine creatures in pre-release. Terrifying. Or, so like people with the cards think <laughs> it's bad, you know, but. Yeah, you get into it and you're just like, oh, nine creatures, not that hard to hit. You can, yeah, it can be a very aggressive, like, trample, overrun type effect.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really pretty excited about uh, Jetmere as a whole. I'm excited to see it at the uh, the game table this week.
1: Do you have that built? Uh, IM- I do,
0: yeah. So, uh, we'll probably be talking about this in the future, but uh, I'm an avid uh, fan of proxies. So, I have four proxy decks ready to go. Uh, just nice. test the list. I envy you. Yeah, so. Evan, you got any stacks going?
2: Oh, I mean... My my strategy for like the, my high powers, zakama comma is just like stacks focus. And that's why I, I was saying like threading a needle because to like make, to in order to prop up those strategies, you do have to like pick a line and you got to stick mm-hmm. to it. And there's a lot of things that are going to try and like step over your line and break your rhythm. So like, that is the house of cards you're building with stacks.
1: So for you that deck is I mean for all of us it's it's really just like you're building the space for you to go off. Yes. Yeah. Like you're you're breaking parity just to create the space for yourself. Yeah,
2: every magic card and I, you know this is how I see it is like there is a base layer of the game, the fundamentals of how to play the game, and every card helps you break the rules a little bit. So like stacks, they break the rules statically so if you as long as you can walk that path and slow other people down, it's just like like that's the I guess ultimately the over like how I see it. Like it's kinda like how I see Mario Kart as a guitar hero style game instead of like an actual racing game. I see it just like in a in that way. So see the matrix. (laughs) Yeah. So when I'm building stacks I'm actually uh yeah, I'm trying to like build a value engine because like every other like mid tier deck, I try to establish like permanents that are going to generate value throughout the game, mm-hmm. and so if I can do that in like well, yeah, basically when we're talking about like damping sphere, I know it's one of my most underrated, but it absolutely kills my favorite style of uh, stacks value engine and uh, trademark that stacks value engine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like uh like playing creature-based stacks in Zakama so that I can, like, get a ton of mana off Guy's Cradle because guess what? Zakama loves a lot of mana coming from his lands. So if I can, like, build a way to stop people while generating mm-hmm. value, and then I'm also playing Sarah's Sanctum and a lot of ways to filter lands because right now the deck is a food chain-based Zakama that is winning through a single land on the battlefield. Like, that is how fast I want the deck to go. So uh, it, the, the card, as long as you have in your lands you have the access to white, green, and red when you fire off Food Chain, and you can go cast Zakama infinitely, and then you can untap all your lands infinitely. So as long as you can generate one of each of those colors, of mana that doesn't care about the food chain. Right, the, the creature-only mana. Yeah, and then you have...
0: Uh, so Zakama essentially filters food chain mana into yeah.
2: actual land mana. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And so like now you have infinite mana to destroy all non permanence permanents. Yeah, infinite,
0: infinite activations of everything on Zakama's <laughs> wide swath of text Yeah. Uh, or you know just anything in your hand and that so you feel like casting. Literally king of stacks. He's going to come in and he's
2: just g- literally just going to say, you can't have anything. Like, he's going to destroy mm-hmm. all non-land permanents and wipe the board clean, and then he's going to win through a War Room, through a bonders Enclave, through, like, uh, Den of the Bugbear. Great. Absolutely Great card. Love I that love card. that that card is an outlet. I think yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. So, like, you get that infinite mana, and then you feed it into Den of the Bugbear infinite times, and it gets ins- infinite instances of when it attacks, it creates a goblin that's also attacking. So mm-hmm. it's another way to win that way. And so all my stacks, like, structures are built in that deck around stimulating that strategy. Uh, using like blind obedience because blind obedience is also great card, a mm-hmm. great card, and it's an outlet for the zakama. It's, so like- it's
0: somehow a stacks piece that
1: is a storm outlet. Yeah, I point. mean, it has extort. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's so, a
0: storm
2: outlet, which is amazing. Which is like great because I can play that on turn one and then go ahead through my game after slowing everybody else down, assemble the food chain combo, go ahead, get that infinite mana, and as long as I have an additional white of one land that it generates white mm-hmm. or whatever, I can now infinitely filter that mana into blind obedience and win the game. Yeah. So, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's unbelievable how uh flexible that card is
1: and how strong it is in another underrated piece. Maybe I should have said that. I I don't yeah. think it's underrated. I think it's ubiquitous. Very very ubiquitous yeah. and it should yeah. be. Yeah. It's a great card. Yeah. And especially too because you can play it in uh you only need white. Um mm-hmm. but it has the reach to black if you have black mana in your deck as well because the reminder text doesn't count. It's so it's, it's such great. a good card. It's yeah. a perfect card. Yeah, You know? And, yeah, so that deck, I guess that's what I got
2: going on for, for Stacks. And I'm just really trying to, like, create a unique machine uh, with Stacks that's going to win games.
0: Well, I, I will say what I really like about your, your recent current build of the Zukama deck is how effective you're making the land tutors. So between Sylvan's Cry and Crop Rotation and Elvish Reclaimer, yeah. like not only is it like, yeah, you're grabbing these very unique, one of a kind like outlets for your, for your combo, like whether it's Den of the Bugbear or whatever, Um, but it also gives you before you're winning the game because you don't really want things that are just like good in one instance they're also grabbing you know major value pieces in Sarah's Sanctum and Gaia's Cradle I think that's really interesting because you know that's getting you to the win versus winning you the game and now they're any of those tutors are versatile in both aspects of the game. Right, yeah. So.
2: They, they become lightning rods really quickly. Like, yeah. yeah, the crop rotation is, I think if you're playing... I think it's the best one. Yeah, if you're playing green at all, I think you can you can benefit from a crop rotation. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I'm,
1: you sack a land to search for any land. Any land. It yep. comes in untapped.
0: And it's a single green mana, so you just sack the land that you tap.
1: Yeah, best. like when you I saw the... Uh, get the best card. I saw the Borderless
2: Foil for like $14. I was just like, that is undervalued. Like, right now, that card is just so good. Very good so, card. Yeah, so obviously an MVP in that deck. And, like, I, I again, with stacks, it's, like, they're great. They're awesome. But sometimes they can be unhealthy for you, too. Like, mm-hmm. there are times when I have played stacks to my own detriment. Like, I non-bow. Like, there's also some bad stacks, too. There like, are bad stacks. I
0: mean, there's a difference.
2: Yeah. So, like, I, a good... I, I, example of great stacks is like grand abolisher but a bad example of that similar effect is like price of glory you completely shut yourself off from interaction oh like yeah Dosin of the falling leaf you know it's like it's a great card and you want to play it when you when you're going for the win but like it shuts
0: everybody else's interaction liere is a new effect like that too where just yeah. no spells can be countered or yeah like Dosin is you can't cast spells on other people's turns you know grand abolisher can't spells can't be cast on your turn yeah so yeah huge difference price of glory is brutal it's a bra- backbreaking card so it's, it's
2: why like I had to give up on a few different stack strategies because I kept running into my I kept running into my own self like shooting myself in the foot at every other turn mm-hmm. it's like you got to find
0: where you fit in like where your deck's going and yeah. like stacks that don't get in the way of that right so like I tried a blood moon variant in Sakama it just doesn't work Yeah, Yeah. you have
1: a lot of funky lands. You need the lands.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, I figured if I had food chain mana, like, and as long as I could generate a green in a basic land or whatever, uh, or in any way... That Sakama's gonna filter that land, I can destroy the Blood Moon. But the thing is, that if I have to destroy a piece that's holding other people down, like, and I open up their blue mana for whatever reason, like, that's just a bad play. Yeah. It's like getting in your own way. And Mm -hmm. so, like, I did that a lot with, like, Yasharn. Like, I'm playing Dockside in the deck, of course. I'm playing Evolution Lines because I need to get to a certain creature or a certain strategy. And then all of a sudden, Yasharn is sitting there in my way because he doesn't let me do any of that. As a
1: general rule, you don't wanna make your Wincon more complicated unless you have a very good reason. Yeah. Right. yeah keep yeah. it simple and then
0: make it just very effective to get there yeah and uh, that the only Build way redundancies. that yeah the only
2: way, way that I'd ever win with that strategy was by concession people would be like I just can't do anything you know it's just like yeah
0: like well I have I can cast a 9-9 nine, nine and probably get it yeah, get it s- there yeah <laughs> I get you there and like 6 or 7 go around the table <laughs> But I'll destroy everything you have on the table, and yeah. so you can't do anything. And I'm gonna have to attack each of you three times. Also, you know, when you're talking about tournament play, like you know, they're getting pretty tight on time. Like some of these people yeah. are, like some of these tournaments are 75 minutes with no extra rounds. So you gotta have a game plan that's that's executing and winning within that time yeah. frame.
2: And that's literally the steps I'm taking with upgrading that deck. Yeah, 100.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. what are some stacks you kind of avoid? Like gross stacks, unhealthy stacks. There's a few that.
1: I'm. I'm. For me, it's it's all. What is the deck that you're building around? Like, there's is it so justified? Many, Yeah, is it justified? There's so many stacks pieces that you could play. Like, what's doing work? What can break parity for right. you? Mm-hmm. So, like, you could play Blood Moon in, in Zakama, right? Right. Yeah, it could. You could make it work, but what is it accomplishing? Yeah, there's you a little
0: know? bit of a workaround to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like you just end up slowing yourself down instead of you know you slowing everybody else down.
1: Yeah, and you might slow them down
0: too, but. You know, options. in in
1: so Voltron, like I'm not playing uh, Rule of Law itself just because I have a better version of that. Because yeah. it's stapled to a spirit. And you have you enough know?
0: other stacks, you don't need like that many rules. Yeah, of laws.
1: yeah. I mean, so I'm not playing Smuggler's Share, <sighs> uh, which isn't not really. It's it's stacksy a little in the same way that Smothering Tithe is stacksy, but it's a strictly worse card. Um, yeah, it's a pretty terrible card. We. We tried
0: it out the other day. We watched you struggle. And
2: yeah, I've been it. screaming from the mountaintop.
1: I mean, so so I'm going to read the text. Uh, one white, two colorless enchantment at the beginning of each end step. Draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn. Then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield. Under their control this turn, which if you're playing Cedh, that sounds like a gimme, right? Right. That card like reads <laughs> like you're generating endless you're, value. You're getting both yeah. triggers every turn. You God. land <laughs> this and you win the game like, is what this card it's reads. It's gonna like. get me to the dub. Is now, it says. in practice, in our pod, we play decently high-powered stuff. It has sat on the board for I'm gonna say thirty plus player turns, and I've drawn one card <laughs> it is that awful. is the total value i've generated off hilarious. of this card it's, yes it's
0: pretty hilarious
2: um from um, the moment that card was spoiled dude i was on it i was just like i hate this
1: it yeah, sucks. I, I feel like the community uh recognized that it was sitting at like 30 dollars for a while yes. and then uh, it's, it's like down to point. let me look right now like, oh 20 that's up from 15 it's still too a couple much weeks, way too much it's I not would not I, I think in I a took mono it, white deck he doesn't play everyone I, I I, yeah in my mono white deck I took it out I think and put in just another land like not even a good land yeah Deep anyone who would
2: dead. literally hear me out about anything about magic I think f- a couple of people at work who don't care about magic fell prey to this where I was just like guys don't fall for smuggler's share <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you are don't do it like I, don't go for it it's not, it doesn't work the way you think it does
0: i will say i think it's less of a stacks piece more of a value engine
2: oh yeah
1: but but
2: i mean it's it's terrible (laughs) it's a model T versus a a yeah
1: i mean if it's working like as the card reads it should be a stacks piece where it's making you make bad decisions in the same way that smothering tithe makes you make bad decisions you're like maybe i but except it's not forcing you into any hard choices yeah Yeah. it's yeah
0: it's too soft on pretty much all
2: fronts it says if you're playing the game really well I'm going to get something off that. Yeah. If yeah. you're
0: winning, I will win. I will lose a little less. Yeah. Is yeah. What it I will win slower than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. I was thinking, like, um, you know, kind of like, the Winter Orb-y kind of things and stuff like that,
1: but I totally agree with what you're saying. I don't Well, think for me, Winter Orb is another thing where I have a, a spirit with that effect staple to do. it. Yeah. So. yeah,
0: that's true. So I, I totally agree with you saying. I don't think there actually is really necessarily like a negative bad stacks piece, as long as you can justify it. I think that's a very good point, because like Winter Orb in a lot of decks, I see people play it and just don't break parity on it, don't do anything about it, and you're like, you just really wanted to play that, huh? Uh, oh. But I know some people will groan, but Urza, Lord High Artificer, Breaks parity on that in such a beautiful way. And so does the Galazeth, right? You know, yeah. the uh, Prismari dragon. He taps him for colors, too. Even the new Gruul commander. I can't remember the uh, name. Uh, yeah, that. yeah, that's true. The new yeah. Gruul. Melira. Gruul- Malira. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Like, I don't feel bad in that game because you're like, you're clearly taking advantage of it. It is a strategy you built into the deck. You have a clear way you're trying to win. Uh, and, and You're going to win in like three or four turns. And like you're going to get there. At max. Right. Uh, if you're just playing it and you're like, all right, that just sits there now, um, deal with it. Uh, yeah, I'm I, also I, only going to untap one land. I might only play one game with you. Yeah. I'm just going like, yeah. to like bash my face. I'll be go. like, I got somewhere to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I really I really agree with that sentiment. It's just like, I don't really think there is bad stacks. It's just like, one, make sure your pots chill with it. If you guys are too like, not too casual, but if you guys are too, at a casual level to where you don't feel like that's necessary and you don't feel like there's this big pressure from decks going a little too fast generating these value engines getting closer to the win than you. Yes. Yeah, you
1: if, if you're it. all playing like power level 5 decks yeah. or something uh, you don't need it. No, but if but you're if, the if there's someone threatening a turn power. 1 win in your pod yeah i mean or or you know what i mean yeah turn like one two three four yeah. even like if, if there's fast decks if, if everyone's getting, there trying to win you yeah. need someone you need a regulator on it yeah even if you're yeah. just
0: dropping man like a uh, value engines a turn before their cmc dictates you should be like if you're turn doing a heuristic study you know there's probably a good chance stack should be in that deck too right or in that game yeah it's
2: a. Uh, it's always important to pay your taxes on these things too. Like a risk study comes out, you have to contribute to it. You have to pay the one, and that is putting even more pressure on you because you can't even play the game. You know. Like
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's just like it's never just yes or no. You know. Yeah. Sometimes it's like they've garnered enough value, so you're always constantly weighing. It's like what Ritter saying is making a bad decision because it's like every time I feel like you are making a new decision. It's just like all right, how much value have you gotten now on Rhystic Study versus what am I getting off of casting this spell? Right, you're making an off-balance decision. Yeah, or what am I getting out of tapping out and not casting the next spell because I'm paying for Rhystic Study? So yeah, it's just putting people in those sticky situations is totally a very viable stack strategy that I've never even thought of because it doesn't read it on the card, right? It's just like this mental space of making people do something they don't want to do, and they're probably going to make the wrong decision.
2: Yeah, another and another example of, like, a bad piece of stacks that doesn't think you, it does what you think it does is Viridian Revel. I've played it a few times, and I've seen it in lists at higher power. It just does not do what you think it's going to do for you. The artifact uh, goes to the graveyard draw yeah, card. Yeah, if an artifact, an opponent controls, hits the graveyard, you're going to draw a card. And that sounds like an incredible value engine because, like, people are just doing that off, you know. You know Treasuries are so popular, so it's just happening... Uh, naturally, as you flow through the game, and that just is not the case with that card, because they
1: will play around it. And like you're giving the opponent the option to: Do I give my opponent something for free? Yes. Or do I just go do something else? Yeah. Like yeah. it's I'm going to do something else. It's actually not putting else. a lot of pressure yeah. on them at all. Yeah. Whereas with like you know with Smothering Tithe, you don't have the choice oh, of if you're going to draw a card that, for the turn. Yeah. You and know?
0: it's so painful. Like, do I tap two mana to allow you to not get a treasure or Are we going to go around the table and you're going to have three extra mana by the time you untap?
2: Yeah, in power level, right between those two, I think is somewhere we're like wandering archaic lies because it is like banking on your opponents doing something and you hope that that thing is like common enough. Right. Like casting uh, an instant or sorcery. Yeah, you know, and that you are going to be able to benefit off of that. Yeah. You know, like that is right in the middle. Smothering tithe. No option. Like yeah. Verdian Revel, oh, pretty easy to dance around. Wanderinger Kick, a little bit harder to dance
0: around. Yeah, there are some games where Wanderinger Cake just doesn't do anything.
1: Yeah. But
0: I, there are some games where Wanderinger Cake
1: does everything. It does a lot. does a lot. For if five mana, it better. Yeah, but, yeah, but
0: like, right. okay, so like if you're getting, again, into the more competitive sense and stuff like that, even like the sevens where we play, like removal is everywhere. Counterspells are there. Like, you know, it's it makes all of those decisions very, very sticky. People will... Yeah. Tap out like I had one time uh I had a and someone court of calling and tapped everything they had and they completely forgot I had it. And I was like, Do I also get to tutor for a five drop creature and put on the
2: battlefield? <laughs> yes you do. And he's like, Oh shit, I guess so. Yeah. I even think that it is a great deterring agent to uh players because if you don't if like you're really stretching it thin yeah. trying to get to adnos and you're spending everything you got to do it, right? Uh, if you don't have the two to pay for wandering archaic, you get the ad nause before them, and so you're going to pick up half your library and have an answer for before theirs even goes off, and you're mm-hmm. going to counter it. Like it is such a deterrent, like to high power in high power games that people have a tough time getting around it. That's why I was so high on it right away. I thought yeah. like spells. Inst- it is good, and, and it's colorless, so you can fit in any Yeah, bag. a weird form of magecraft, mm-hmm. but it's yeah.
1: The back side of the card uh, has yeah. limited relevance too. For 3 mana, everyone looks at the top 5 cards of their deck and chooses a CMC 1, 2, and 3 card. Puts it in their hand. Is and that they right? Get a,
2: they get a land or something. Yeah, something
1: like, something like that. Yeah, they look at the top three. Everybody gets some
2: value. Yeah, I think everyone looks at the top three, and then they get to choose a land. And if, uh, yeah, it's... it's yeah. And then they gain life or something like that.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. clearly, we never cast that side of the card. No, we... Well, yeah, but you could. But you could. If you wanted could. to. Having that versatility. Read the, the cards. In the color list. See what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Literally, it's just like it never hurts to like know every aspect of it, because it'll come up. There's this four-player game has so many corner cases that everything will be relevant at some point. At some point, yeah. Um, last, I know we're, we're kind of running late on time right here. I just want to throw th- two, th- two things out, two stack pieces, because they're very different than anything we've talked about. Yeah. Two black creatures, Opposition Agent, and Dothy Voidwalker. Love them. Two incredible stack pieces. Yes.
1: If you have a uh, black mana in your commander deck... Play them both. Play them both, regardless of whether you're gonna, you know, pair opposition agent with Marlin for. You could do that for a combo, even like a
0: wish claw talisman, because you have to, you know, you yep. after you tutor, you have to give it off. Tutoring for a, <laughs> a opposition agent, very viable line. It's mm-hmm. funny
2: how many cards get lost underneath a Dothy
0: Voidwalker too. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, what made me think of it is you were talking about. Yes, if you know someone casts an Ad into a wandering archaic and they can't pay the two, you get to resolve it first. Yeah. Well, anything that happens with a Dothy Voidwalker, yes, okay. So a spell will resolve, right? But yeah. Things will get countered, you know, on the stack, and those go to the graveyard while still being on the stack. But they'll not instead of go to the graveyard, they'll get exiled under Dothi. Um, so yeah. you get all these new interaction points with Dothi. So not only people, like if you early turn it, you know, I'll burn a Jeweled Lotus into it because I was planning oh, on that yeah. turn two commander, right? So now you have a
2: Jeweled Lotus. Yeah, if or you're sitting there trying to defend someone from winning the game, while right. someone uh, like the third player has a Dothy Voidwalker, you're just feeding them. Yeah. You're a Dothi Voidwalker
1: points. is a strictly better Praetor's Grasp.
2: Yeah, it, does, it ha- yeah it just it has more different options. Op- yeah, yeah, it has yeah.
0: different applications because one, you do have to rely on people's stuff going to the graveyard. Um, but where at Praetor's Grass, you get that precision, I suppose. But
2: yeah, Pray Praetor's Grass can de- definitely, like, when it resolves, knock someone out of the game completely. Like, if you're playing against, uh, let's say Rocco, you're at a high power table, you're playing against a Kiki Jiki combo. Guess what? You're that's
0: probably their grab- only line. Yeah, you just take the Kiki and the game's over. Or like, you know. Thassa's Oracle in most decks. Like if you're playing against like a greedy Grixis deck, a blue farm deck, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'll just go grab your Thoracle because I probably also have the cards that win with Thoracle, right? So I'll just grab it. You can't cast it, and then I'll just cast it whenever I see fit.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool mono black tech.
0: Yeah, no, it is a good card for sure. Um, Sweet, yeah. Those are the last two I should have thrown out there. I play them in most of my Grixis lists. Uh, Daffy is just unparalleled in value. There's too many words on that two-drop card.
1: Listen, I I mean... It's worth looking at all the text. It has shadow. Mm-hmm. It's it's a three two. So you can just no one ha- unless they have a another thought. Da- th- th- who has shadow? shadow. It's a three two is shadow. So it's, yeah, you could you can hit someone all, for
0: three every turn. Timna decks yeah. like inherently just beautifully yeah. built for Timna.
1: Yep, it's a rogue. There's rogue <laughs> synergies. Party. If you're playing party, Why I mean rogues themselves are a playable rogues, tribe at lower yep. power levels, and then of course the the text that we were talking about just and even if you're not going to grab that card for your own use not letting that card go to their graveyard
0: yes yes yep. yeah.
1: yeah i mean it, that's the thing like it turns off savine's reclamation 100%, for example yes
0: good shout like how many cards do we play that just say
1: that alone like rest in peace you know graft digger's cave oh rest in peace that's that's a stacks piece i don't play oh yeah i mean i want it's my a, graveyard in in do yeah. spirits yeah so. totally
0: fair but yeah. like dothy says that Plus you get the card, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it is almost incidental rest in peace value at the for the same mana.
2: Yeah. At the core of it, when they designed it, they said, uh, you're going to have to choose between hitting someone for three unblockable damage or casting a spell that was cast previously this turn. Right. Uh, for free without paying its mana cost, yeah, like that's like the trade off you get with this
0: card. Maybe good in one V one draft, I but I
2: think <laughs> that it could have maybe been two more mana for that effect. Yeah. You it's know, like very strong.
1: It still one of the round. lower powered cards. in my Modern (laughs) Horizon (laughs) 2.
0: Somehow. Shout out.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Uh, All right, guys. Do you guys have anything else to add to this uh, conversation on Stacks and clearly how much we love it? We are Stacks fans. And I think we could talk all day about it. All day about it, and I'm sure there'll be more episodes in the future about it. If you guys have any thoughts, if there's any Stacks uh, cards that you love that we did not mention,
1: put it down in the comments below. I'd love to take a look at those. If you have unconventional Stacks strategies, especially... how are you
0: breaking parity on it? Show me something cool. If you
1: randomly have, like, a mono-blue creature-based Stacks deck that's, like those like moon wizards from Kamigawa yeah. or whatever oh, somehow yeah. I don't know I want to know about it yeah give me something yeah. weird give me something
0: weird and spicy weird stacks
2: yeah we're always looking into that and honestly share the deck list with us too because we'll go in and we'll play through it because it's so much fun yeah. To test hands.
0: yeah I love testing out other people's decks yeah all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, episode two of the Mockstars Podcast. Wow, time really flies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was our episode on stack, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future. Uh, if you guys have any topics that you want to hear us discuss, you know, also uh, throw that down in the comments down below. Yeah, all of our socials are also down there. Everything uh, is linked. So, yeah. Follow us. Subscribe for more. Follow us on this awesome uh, magic journey. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Deuces. Goodbye. Goodbye.